0: Hey, greetings to all the patriotic Americans. This is Colonel Allen West, and you're listening to Arms Room Radio
1: Tell them the guys from Arms Room Radio sent you. Murkham!
0: It's Arms Room Radio, live from the Mag Swag Studios. Concealed carry, gun safety, the law, the latest gear, and more. You'll get it all right here. Connect with the guys at armsroomradio.com. And now, live from the magswag.com studios, coast to coast and around the world, it's Arms Room Radio. Now, here's Mike.
1: Hey, welcome to Arms Room Radio. We promise to bring you all things gun, all the gun time. My name is Mike. I, uh, I we'll do that. We're gonna bring you all things gun, all the gun time. Uh, I uh, do not do this program by myself. Uh, let me let me go around the room real quick, go around the state real quick, introduce you to my fellow uh, compatriots. On my right is the right hand man, the great, 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 great grandson of Daniel Boone. Please welcome him back. His name is Earl.
3: Ah, unfortunately, I'm coming to you live from location Echo. Yes, Arms Room Radio, Mobile Maxi Studio,
1: Mobile Maxi, and here I am on uh, location Bravo. And uh, yeah, you uh, you got uh, you got some extra distance. You had to do this today.
3: Yes, I got the tour in North Florida.
1: Yeah, but Orlando
3: to Jacksonville, Jacksonville to Tallahassee, and back down to Orlando, and of course lovely ocala and it's wonderful bumper to bumper stop and go
1: traffic I you know what I just I don't know what it is with that section of the state I mean it's the roadway uh, it's just the way it's designed it's kind of like uh, gentle waving the way the road goes it's not flat it's got just enough elevation every now and then to take the Florida driver and confuse the hell out of them you know it's just like oh it's very it, it, it's, it's almost like it's uh uh it puts you to sleep. it's such a gentle you know wave of the roadways
3: yeah, so I'm not sure if it's just volume because this is you know we're in spring break season, yeah, so everybody's and their brother out of mode, and I have seen a few emergency vehicles roaming around, so there may be an accident down the road. I honestly don't know.
1: gotcha, gotcha well. It's uh you know we got you you're safe and sound in the uh in the mobile maxi, so we'll just we'll just go from there, so we'll take it from there um how was uh, how were things in the week of Earl uh, besides that I mean how was your uh was was, was spring break this week so how was working during spring break
3: uh fine uh no no issues uh I did have some excitement this morning uh on my way <laughs> to Jacksonville. I went from, you know, interstate highway to state highway and uh, experienced a road shutdown because I think because of an accident, I just had law enforcement directing everyone to make a U-turn. Right. So I had to backtrack and seek out another alternative route with my trusty GPS. Right, right. So I ended up going, going down some county roads and, you know, the The roads are getting smaller and smaller, and I'm getting more more worried and more worried
1: great right, great right. and
3: while, while I'm going along uh, I enjoy sometimes you know trips like that' cause you, you you get to see different things I and mean, you know you're out in the woods and you get to see wildlife yeah this morning i got I got to see wildlife up close and personal
1: uh, unfortunately,
3: I came out on the better end of that was this a uh, uh, running down a four-lane highway, I saw a beautiful uh, wild turkey in the median.
4: I I uh,
3: I guess a tractor trailer coming to it concerned it so it started running towards the lane of traffic, took a few steps and became airborne and continued the same direction of travel. I blew the horn at it. I blew the air horn at it to try and scare it. To make it go to a different route it felt it thought that meant go faster
4: <laughs>
3: yeah you know the quick quick and easy way to take out a turkey with a windshield
1: Ooh, now listen that's a straight up and down windshield that's no glancing blow uh, and listen them turkeys they're you know especially them wild ones they're they're 20 30 pounders what uh did they come through the windshield
3: no, no damage to the windshield. Fortunately, it did leave a few feathers on it.
1: But
3: <laughs> no other damage.
1: Did you uh, Did you go back and get the turkey?
3: No, I couldn't. I scared the heck out of the uh, the traffic behind me because I jammed on the brakes right. and I started smoking some of the trailer tires. So they're all panicking, and I was like, eh, I'm I'm too far away because you know you know eighty thousand pounds rolling along." Fifty plus miles an hour takes a while to stop, and I wasn't going to trot back to try and pick up, pick it up.
1: I wonder if, I wonder if now, did the when the turkey hit your windshield? Did it go up and over the truck, and maybe it landed on one of them cars behind you?
3: That's entire possibility because it hit the windshield, and I felt slash heard it either hit the fairing on the top of the truck or one of the trailers. I'm not sure which it was, but I heard a secondary impact as well.
1: Now, listen to this now. Your story's first off it's pretty amazing. I've never heard of anything like that ever happening before. Uh, and we know we know, let's get this out of the way. As God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. Okay, first off, we get we get that out of the way. Um uh, you, you listen. I'm surprised it didn't come through the windshield. That's the kind of thing that you know horror stories are made of. And trucks go trucks gone wild and all that because drivers passed out because a turkey came through the windshield at him. But now I want you to imagine the guy that was behind you. The story he's going to tell tomorrow is about the trucker that flipped him to bird.
3: <laughs> literally. Yep. Quite <laughs> literally. Flipped it over
1: his truck and landed on his windshield. That trucker flipped me to bird.
5: So.
3: Hopefully, I won't get written
1: up for it either. Well, I don't know. Do you think the bird could write? I don't know. I don't know. I just
3: <laughs> <laughs> Probably not after our encounter. He He's, couldn't write. You're going to
1: start tracking. You're going to see him next couple of trips. He'll be in the median with a cast on his wing or something like that, and he'll be waiting for you, waiting for you. So, well, that's that's cool that uh, you're you're okay. Uh, the uh, that, that is that. Listen, that's. I mean, how, how many times does that turn into horror? Really, it does. You know, uh, something comes through oh. the windshield of a truck, and then you're blinded. You know.
3: Yeah, quite quite quickly and easily. That could have been much much worse than it was.
1: Yeah, yeah. We uh, in the in the aviation industry, that's a bird strike, and that's pretty char- that's pretty pretty characteristic of a of, of 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 bad news happening after that happens. So uh that's 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 fortunate that's fortunate well listen my week wasn't nearly as exciting as that i mean i did some flying i went to went to the billy joel concert and um uh had a little fun there and uh other than that it was you know just an average week for me i didn't get to flip some dude off with a bird you know that was crazy um <laughs> the uh i'm trying to think uh listen to the, the, the billy joel listen i don't know if any people out there are billy joel fans and i know there's some uh uh there's a political issue surrounding him uh, on both ways, um, but um, seventy-two year old that guy is seventy-two years old, and he gets up on stage for hour and a half, two hours, or and still still puts on the same show now that I remember seeing him in thirty years ago. Uh, you know the, the same right. kind of energy, right. same talking to the crowd. Uh, it's amazing. It's a, it's a good show. So, um, well worth the free tickets I got for it. No, no, I mean. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I will, say, I will say thank you to the uh, Western Central Florida uh, Veterans uh, Advantage, I think it's the name of the program. They, uh, they did give out some tickets to a bunch of vets, and I was able to actually get some seats upgraded and, and got to see some other vets use my tickets. So that went well. Uh, else stick around. We've got, uh, we got more program coming back. I think we're going to talk about uh, a new rifle from uh, the Ruger and Marlin uh, you know, conglomeration. So uh, stick around. We'll be back uh, right after the break.
9: That's
4: 425 454
0: You're listening to Arms Room Radio, live from the Mag Swag Studios. If you want to talk to the guys, go to armsroomradio.com and find out how. And now, live from the MagSwag.com studios, coast to coast and around the world, It's Arms Room Radio.
1: Hey, welcome back to Arms Room Radio. Coming to you live from Location Bravo and Location Echo Maxi. Uh, How are you doing, Earl? How's things coming along there?
4: Doing good.
3: I'm all the way up to
1: 58 miles an hour. woo that's downhill too, baby.
3: Hey. Yeah, but I'm seeing a lot of brake lights. I'm getting ready to slow back
1: down. There we go. It's it's just the way it is. See, because we were we had we were we were uh, uh, we were positive, you know. We we had our positive mood, yeah. and the karma said you can't have that, and stomped us down. The universe said no way, no way. Um, hey, did you do anything for? Uh, did you do anything for uh, the the uh, the St. Patrick's Day?
3: Unfortunately, no. Being as it was during the work week, uh, wasn't able to uh, enjoy as a. Uh, proper
1: Irishman should enjoy yeah I listen uh, I'm just sitting in the studio here with my uh, I got a special guest in here with me uh, his name's Jameson John Jameson and uh, we were waiting for you but uh, we'll try and see if he can hang around long enough to see you when you get here so he might be gone he (laughs) might be he might be gone by the time we get here so just yeah he's got places to go things to see people to do that kind of stuff um, but yeah, like, like yourself, I, uh, I just, it was like, oh, let's go out. Remember when it was, let's go out, let's go, let's go, you know? And, and now I'm, I'm not, I, I mean, yeah. I want, I want to go out. Oh. I mean, I definitely want to go out. And if we were, you know, and if it was someplace where we were away on one of our, uh, uh our, our, our you know, official media visits or wherever we, uh, we go, I definitely would have uh, attended the, uh, the celebration, but, uh, sitting at home, it was like, man, I'm not going to go deal with those idiots. You know, I'm not worried about me. I am worried about the other idiots. So, yeah, I decided. Exactly. Not to. I decided. Yeah,
3: as 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 a lot of people refer to as St. Patrick's Day is one of the amateur nights, so they, they yeah. tend not to uh, venture true. out away from home too far, anyways.
1: Very true. Very true. Although you do get to practice your defensive driving skills. So, uh, yes, yes, not not so I, much. I get though.
3: very defensive. I bump, <laughs> I bump them out of the way.
1: Yes, I believe that's called NASCAR driving skills. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's a. Uh, Rubbing his racing, right there. You go. That guy, was, yeah, guy exactly. was coming in my lane. Oh man, we did go to at the uh, at the concert. Um, you tell me. You, you t- tell me the proper protocol. Okay, we're we're go- we're we're entering the parking area and we're leaving the parking area later in the show. And it's two lanes merging into one. When two lanes merge into one, what's the proper protocol?
3: Uh- proper protocol that a lot of people aren't used to is they call it the zipper method
1: exactly you right into, you
3: know two, two individual two individual lanes and then right at the where the merge has to happen
1: Yep.
4: left
3: right left right left right you know you each take your turn getting into that one lane
1: exactly right exactly right now um uh, i mean unless like there's uh, there's police control and they're putting 10 in and then 10 in and they're doing the counting it's it's one and one that's the way it should be, whether it's two lanes coming together, three lanes coming together. You, you, you're supposed to be adult enough to drive and bring one lane and then one lane and then one lane. Well, that's what I was doing, and uh, uh, and, and, I, and you're, I'm watching it, one, 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 and then all of a sudden, the guy next to me decides he wants to make it two, and I'm like, listen, I don't know if you see the size of my truck, um, but no. Uh, I don't know if you see the age of my truck, but hell no, Okay. Uh, listen listen in the, if that if that guy had hit
3: me, your truck, clearly you're not afraid of using it as a, as a
1: tool. Exactly right. Exactly right. Listen, um, if that guy had hit me it had been the first time wax had been on my truck in a long time. I'll just say that. Right? Because he he had plenty on his brand new shiny truck and he's got his window open and he's waving and I'm like do whatever you want buddy. This is my lane and this is where I'm going. And he finally stopped with an inch or two and uh, my passengers asked well, what would you do if he hit you? I just said, keep going. It's. <laughs> Did you see the size of his car? I got a truck and I pushed him out of the way. He'd have been in the ditch. Big deal. You know. Um, sometimes when you got a big truck, you just got to let people know you're not afraid. Not afraid. Uh, yeah. Yep. Oh, well. All right. Well, enough about uh, my illegal driving habits. Um, <laughs> let's, let's, let's get to this. Uh, I saw this one and I was like, man, I love when these stories pop up. Um, as you know, Earl, um, there, we now have a, a Ruger made Marlins, Ruger bought Marlin, not too long ago. Um, Marlin's been, right. Marlin's been a, a great, great rifle manufacturer uh, for many, many years. Uh, I mean, if, you've got, if you shot a twenty two rifle uh, in the past 30 years as a kid, uh, I'm, it was either a, a Ruger or a Marlin. But but I'm going to bet odds are it was a Marlin. That's usually the first learning rifle because in, in states beyond states like you and I live in, or where we can enjoy magazine-fed weapons, um, the Marlin had mm-hmm. the Model 60 with the tube-fed. So those were allowed for you know for kids to use before the laws changed. You know for hunting and plinking with the parents that kind of thing. Um, well, right. they make uh, an 18. It's, it's Marlin's Model 1895. Uh, Earl, uh, tell them the caliber of the
3: 1895.
1: 4570. Woohoo! And as we commonly say, the 4570 is for when zombie buffalo come back from the grave. <laughs> Cause, cause oh, yeah. It is, it is. Listen, they stopped uh, putting out 4570 uh, around World War I as a common round just because everything at that point was 30 out six. Uh, you know, and, 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 and then the old lever actions went to 30, 30 because the forty five seventy, uh, to call it a big round is, uh, is like saying, oh, Shaq, he's kind of a big dude, you, you know, that's uh, yeah. it's, a, it's a round baby. It's a round. And, um, in fact, we've got some friends on the last iteration of this rifle built some suppressors for it. Remember how big that, remember how big that yeah. suppressor was?
3: Oh, it was almost like a coffee can
1: diameter. <laughs> it was, it was pretty big. It was it, to me. It looked like uh, like uh, putting a uh, uh, a two liter soda bottle on the end of your gun. It's, it was like like that yeah. kind of size. So anyway, Ruger yeah, 40,
3: 4570
1: is the OG thumper. It, it, yeah, exactly right. Uh, the forty five seventy. Let's see. Uh, Marlin originally manufactured the night. Excuse me. The uh, uh, the eighteen ninety five until nineteen seventeen and then they dropped it but then they brought it back in 1972 built on Marlin's big 3- 336 action again that's their that was their big daddy lever action 3030 back then uh and then they uh, they were around up until well the, the purchase here not too long ago and they disappeared um and uh, so then we had the buyout and everything else but and they're back and and Everybody was worried, you know, was, was Ruger going to do justice to Marlin? Now, there's a couple places where Ruger and Marlin are competitors. So, are they going to continue to make certain models has been a big question. Well, this is based, this has definitely been a fan favorite, the 1895. Uh, they call it the SBL, Sierra Bravo Lima. And this gun, uh, Earl, I don't know if you got to have your hands on one. I, I did when we were at SHOT Show, got to take a look at one. Um, but now that now the story's about and the reviews are coming out that they they did great justice to the original Marlin design
4: good good
1: um, the, you know there's a co-
3: in my opinion it was just going to be a question of whether or not Ruger was going to do it if they decided to do it, I had good confidence they were going to do it well
1: and and they did what uh, what what some of the um some of the minor minor improvements they made were, you know, it's Ruger. They wanted to put their own set of sights on there, so they put the uh, uh, um, the fiber optic sight on the front, um, the the rail mount on top, and and rail might be wrong. It might just be a Picatinny um, uh, rail on top. It's um, where you could normally just mount your scope or your sight. They extended that, so it's got. Uh, I think it was. I think it's actually said like twenty-seven notches. So it comes uh, on the top. It comes halfway down where the foregrip is. The forward, you know, the forward uh, uh, grip underneath the barrel. Um, the the other really great improvement that everybody's raving about is now this has a large loop, folks. This is a lever action rifle. Well, the large loop on the the Marlins had squared off edges, uh, and if you were if you were pumping away on it, they said it would take the skin off your hands. Well. Uh, Ruger rounded them off Earl so it it, it says it's it's just they said it's just so so smooth now um, the other difference in this as the all the axles and all the internal actions stainless steel everything very very smooth Um, and and, and I think I I like this Earl they said um, on the old one the the trigger pull was somewhere around two and a half to three pounds while on the new one uh, they're saying it's about double that. So and I'm seeing reports from five to seven pounds. Listen, I don't know folks if you've ever been out with a single action before, running and humping because this is a lever action rifle. There's nothing wrong with a five to seven pound trigger pull when your heart's pumping. You know, especially when it's a forty five seventy.
4: Oh yeah.
1: Uh, so it's got my endorsement, Earl. You got your endorsement? I want one. Yeah, I know. I want one, too. I want one, too. In fact, we'll take two of them. Ruger. if you're listening, we'll take two, and we'll talk about it for two more weeks, and we'll call it even. So uh, give us, give, ring us up. Uh, you're listening to Arms Room Radio coming to you live from Location Bravo and Location Echo Maxi. We'll be back after the break. Me,
7: I started smoking when I was 13. I always thought when the time came, hey, I'd Earl. quit. No problem. At 28 I tra-
8: oh. he can't hear you I don't have you on this. Okay,
1: can
7: he Yo- mind. my bad oh. I made it all Earl Chad's coming
1: on next segment something. I forgot I wanted to let you know
7: <laughs> right until I met up with the guys what I learned Chad's going to be on he was uh, just, doing instructing this I past week quit, so he's going to come on and talk you know, about why? it I learned a little more about what worked and what didn't work for me and when I realized that I wasn't alone that most people don't quit on their first or second attempt I knew there was still hope today I'm an ex-smoker. My only advice is to never, ever give up trying to quit.
9: If you're trying to quit smoking, the American Lung Association is here to help every step of the way. Visit quitterinyou.org for tools, tips, and stories from smokers we've helped to finally quit for good. The American Lung Association. We support the QuitterInYou at quitterinyou.org.
6: There are a lot of things teenagers hope
10: for.
11: Homecoming.
10: Getting a cell phone. My
11: first boyfriend.
10: But the things they shouldn't have to hope for? Finding a home.
11: Getting a family. Having
10: someone to
6: care about me. Over half of the 500,000 kids out there in need of foster care are 12 and up. They need a caring home just as much, maybe even more, as the littlest ones. If your heart is big enough for a bigger kid, take this chance. Chad is on hold.
11: Chadley.
6: The local children's charity can match an older child with your family and provide training for their special needs, financial support, even a 24-hour support team that's just a phone call away. Their needs may be bigger, but so are the rewards. To find out more, contact Kids Peace at 1-866-4KidsPeace or visit fostercare.com. With a little more effort, you can make a huge difference in the life of a bigger kid The need is growing, so call or click today. We all play a role in keeping our community safe.
8: Every day, we move in and out of each other's busy lives. It's easy to take for granted all the little moments that make up our everyday.
1: Some are good, others not
6: so much.
8: But that's life.
6: It's when something doesn't seem quite right that it's time to pay attention.
11: Because only you know what's not supposed to be in your everyday.
5: So protect your everyday.
8: if you see something suspicious, say something to local authorities.
5: Young men just don't seem to listen to the radio anymore. They're too busy with their earpods and TV games. It's iPods and video games? Whatever. Point is, young men are probably not listening to me right now, but they will listen to you. So I need you to remind them to register with Selective Service when they turn 18. It's an easy way to keep the door open to important benefits like college loans and government jobs, and it's the law. So please feel free to remind them to go to sss.gov or any post
4: office.
0: You're listening to Arms Room Radio, live from the MagSwag Studios. If you want to talk to the guys, go to armsroomradio.com and find out how. And now, live from the magswag.com studios, coast to coast and around the world, it's Arms Room Radio.
1: Hey, welcome back to Arms Room Radio, coming to you live from location Bravo. Hey, we have, a, we have a guest with us, uh, so we want to make sure we could jump right in with him so we have as much time as possible to uh, get you a world of valuable information. Please welcome back to the program our good friend Chad from Green Star Tactical and where you might know him from, Next Level Training. Chad, welcome back to the program, sir. Thank you.
12: Coming to you from
4: my own mobile
1: studio. There we go. The mobile right, Chadley right. studio, the the MCD, the huh. MCS, yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, how how are turkey's
3: you? Running he's, the he's copying me.
1: <laughs> uh.
12: Get your own gig. <laughs> I, just, I I want to be as cool as Earl.
1: Well, if you want to be as cool as Earl, have you hit any turkeys today?
12: <laughs> nope, no turkeys on the highway yet. No turkeys on the of highway. Your Billy Joel concert.
1: What's that? Say that again?
12: I'm a little jealous about your Billy Joel concert.
1: Oh, me and uh, me and old BJ there we go way back. We go way back. Whoa, uh, whoa, 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 whoa! Family ago.
12: show, buddy.
1: Family show. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, he's up on stage. I, I mean, he's up on stage, and I'm way in the back of the audience. Way in the back. Way back. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, uh, so Chad, you just had a, you had a week uh, doing some uh, some instructing. Tell tell the folks uh, about about to where you were, sir. So I was in St. Louis for ILEA, the
12: International Law Enforcement Educators and Association. Um, It was nice. This year we got uh, the international aspect back. Last year we couldn't, well, two years ago we couldn't have anybody there. Last year we didn't have anybody internationally there. This year we got them back, so we're slowly going back to normal. Um, But yeah, I was there for next level training and got to get some exposure out there on the sales floor and then taught a class on Friday um, for our CERT introduction to the instructor class. So that that was a good time.
1: Very nice, very nice. Is, uh, is, is this something they're always going to have there in St. Louis? It seems like they do it in St. Louis every year.
12: Yeah, it, it started in Chicago um, years back. I don't know exactly what year it started up there, but uh, we were there for 10, 12 years, I think, something like that. And uh, the last few years, it got moved down to St. Louis. Um, the word is we've got at least two more years in St. Louis before they, they may have to look at a different location or they may move into a different location.
1: See, I got uh, I got this thing in uh, Missouri where I mean I could probably be all right if I drove there, but if I fly in, I'm afraid that uh, I might be a I might be a guest of the state for a while. I uh, back when I was there with the army, they were putting up these red light cameras, and we didn't know about them. And yeah, well, they put yeah. them up in like a construction zone, and they 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 wave you through. So one sign would say, uh, you know, just turn right. It would say it would say a right turn sign for. Uh, uh, for 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 immediate turns, and the other side was the old red light, and so the cameras are still going off. And unfortunately, in Missouri, you can't fight a traffic ticket from 500 miles away. And I said, "Well, what do I do?" And they're like, "Oh, you ever coming back to Missouri?" I'm like, "No." They're like, "Man, don't worry about it." It's like, "Well, that's kind of an open ended answer, yeah, but you I
12: was, know." I was a I was a victim of that in Chicago. I, I, ironically, for at leave a concert or conference, uh, got a nice letter in the mail from Chicago PD when I got home, said you owe us hundred dollars.
1: Yeah, and that's when you do the math. How, when am I ever going back to Chicago? You know? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, soon. So,
12: yeah, it was, you know, and uh, they say it was nice. They sent a nice link to the video so I
1: could watch my mistake. Yeah, and, and I knew mine was all computer generated uh, without anybody involved, in uh, you know, human-wise, because you could see the yeah. uh, the red light of the construction zone and the cops standing there waving you through. You could see it. And I'm like, hello, you <laughs> know? <laughs> Uh, why do I have to come back to contest this? Well, sir, that's the way it works here. Yeah. Um. Oh well. Oh well. Uh, so uh, so tell how long was uh, as I lead? Is that weekend or is that the full week?
12: It's a full week, uh six days, Monday through Saturday, and they have about 150 or so classes to choose from over the week. Like, uh, send instructors from all over the world, attendees from all over the world. Various, I mean, hands-on classes leadership classes training classes uh live fire we've got a couple ranges that we go that we can go to sign up for those classes some certification classes tasers, like, uh, taser uh, pr24 the baton certification classes so like all kinds of stuff to choose from for, for whatever your taste is
1: who uh, who can attend
12: uh law enforcement trainers and uh there's handful civilian trainers that go there too i've got a, a group of friends that they're not in law enforcement they, but they put on the classes and, and then they're, they're allowed to attend throughout the whole week and go to classes as well. There's a, a couple of classes that might be restricted to strictly law enforcement but um, they can they pretty much have full range too to, to go to those classes. So if you're in uh, private security and um, work anything like that, you can go.
1: Yeah, listen, I want, I want to talk about that for a minute. Um, So I want to, first I want to be clear that, uh, listen, if you're, if you're a private instructor what I mean by that not law enforcement instructor not not government instructor there's still things for you to do there there's still there's still there's still things to do now I've seen a, a bunch of classes out there that are uh, law enforcement classes that uh, and it says civilians civilians only or certain instructors will say uh, excuse me uh, law enforcement only no civilians law enforcement only no civilians right. um, I, I, w- I want to tell you because I see all the traffic both sides of that don't worry about it don't be upset don't be upset it's there's there's no secret there's no secret tactics that they're teaching to overthrow the civilian instructors or the civilian people it's nothing like that at all usually what it is is um uh, it's something that's probably a little more along the lines of uh you know uh policy and procedure stuff and or um it's going to get a little rowdy and if you put civilians into a police class or somebody that's never been behind a badge before um it's going to get a little raunchy at times, okay? The language may get a little foul. Um, and guess what happens when, when, you give, when a cops give foul language to civilians? Oh, you get complaints and you get all that kind of nonsense. So this is really just about that. It's not about secret tactics to overtake the civilians because I've actually seen those comments before. Um, and I just want to reiterate that if you are a civilian, you can go there. A civilian instructor, you can go there. But just know that not everything's open to you, and there's, there's, there's reasons for that, and there are legitimate reasons. I mean, am I reading this wrong, Chad?
12: No, you're absolutely right. It's uh, like you said a lot of policy procedure type stuff. There, there might be some law enforcement sensitive things in there what they're doing a certain case breakdown, but you know it's kind of graphic detail that you know honestly, if you're a civilian, I, even as an officer some from those pictures and stuff I, I don't need to see but yeah you know, just certain things that might be sensitive nature and and they don't want people in there um but for the most part it's it's wide open if if you're accepted as an instructor to present there you're pretty much already vetted so people know you're a good good person to be
1: there it's not a problem yeah and it's it's just i i never even realized it was a problem and i know i understand I, i see some people that get upset where you know um only certain tiers or stuff involved on the civilian side, and yeah, you know, listen, you could deal with that. But I just say this: that the the cops are not hiding tactics from you. Don't don't worry about that. You know, that's that's not a thing. It's not a thing. Um, uh, um Chad, you, uh, how's things going with Green Star?
12: Good. Still running the classes. I've got. Uh, I'll be doing the civilian teaser instructor certification here in a month, so I'll be able to add that to the old repertoire and uh, expand my. My training a little bit beyond there, so that'll, that'll be
1: fun. Now you're you're there out of Wisconsin. Is um are, are tasers subject to, uh you know concealed carry laws up there, or is it is it one of those uh, things where it's it's uh, anybody can carry one?
12: Nope, you have to as long as you get your concealed carry permit, you can
1: carry
12: a taser. Um, so, um, pretty sure if it's not concealed, you can carry it right. like anything else. But uh, if you want to throw it in your purse. Um, you know
1: that pretty person you carry around Mike it's yeah. a satchel it's a you satchel can your apartment, you can carry it. it's a satchel um, your, yeah, you say handbag. you say you you say, you'll, you say uh, if you can open carry anything else yeah well thanks because we can't we're one of the four states left that don't have don't have open carry so um Chad, run up on the end of the block here really? tell everybody how they can find uh, green star and next level training
4: uh, greenstar
12: dot com simple enough to remember NextLevelTraining.com. dot com go there and Keep your eyes open for the uh new um nineteen, the Glock nineteen style cert and
8: the uh Gen Five, the uh, Glock seventeen style, the one fifteen. One a
1: minute. Great new stuff coming out and uh and uh and some future toys too. Uh I and 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 we've all yeah. been sworn to secrecy. I'm just gonna say that. I'm just gonna say if I was you and I was uh and I liked firearms and firearm accessories and training accessories. I'd be on the next level training site every day looking at it. I would. I would just say that, because because when yep. it when it pops, yep. like you said, can't it, think
12: can't think too much. The, the drones are following.
1: Them. Exactly right. When it pops, it's going to pop hard, and uh, um, we've already got ours on the way. So you know, <laughs> we we are the instructors and the demonstrators, so we we get first shot at them. So. <laughs> Uh, Chad, thanks for joining us. Uh, please stay safe there in your, uh, in your activities, yeah. and, uh, and we will talk to you again soon. All right. Talk soon. You're listening to Arms Room Radio coming to you live from Location Bravo. We'll be back after the break.
6: The kel PMR-30 is no run-of-the-mill mill 22 Magnum lightweight pistol. Not with its unique hybrid blowback system and 30 round magazine. So when you get a rush from that one millionth of a second, when innovation ignites performance, brace yourself. There's 29 more. Innovation, performance, Keltec. See more at KeltecWeapons.com.
0: Listening to Arms Room Radio, live from the Magswag Studios. Got a question or a story to tell? Check them out at ArmsRoomRadio.com. Now, coast to coast and around the world from the MagSwag.com studios, it's Arms Room Radio.
1: Hey, welcome back to Arms Room Radio coming to you live from Location uh, Bravo. Uh, Earl, so it's always good to hear from Chad. There, glad uh, glad he was able to make it and uh, have a conversation with us.
4: Oh
3: yeah, Chad from Wisconsin,
1: great. <laughs> He's Chad. That's exactly right, Chad from Chad from Wisconsin. Champ, uh, we just make fun of the people. way people say "Max Wisconsin." Uh, we, you know, and, uh, playfully. You know, we, uh, we we normally don't make fun of anybody, Earl. We just uh, you know, it's just who we are. Yeah, well,
4: who are you talking
1: to? <laughs> hey, I was trying to keep the FCC off our backs, but damn, uh, screw uh, uh, Earl uh, Chad was talking about uh, stun guns there so that's why I, uh, I figured this story is well placed uh, we're going to talk about uh, uh, Rhode Island uh, and if you've ever been to Rhode Island it's up there uh, right there uh, snuggled next to Connecticut and below Massachusetts so if you, uh, if you know your geography you can uh, track it down uh, right on the Long Island Bay there sits uh, uh, let's see here uh, federal judge Decided that Rhode Island's law against residents owning stun guns and tasers is unconstitutional. Now, Earl, that, that sounds, or uh, well, it sounds like it's great news, but uh, it, it, it sounds like, wow, if stun guns and tasers are unconstitutional, these guys must have nothing. I, ironically, Rhode Island's a shall issue state. Uh, and, and they, so they have a really no problem. Uh, you know, with the with the carrying and uh, possessing of firearms, it's just the uh, um, it was just tasers. Tasers are stun guns. Now, for those that are that are that are not aware of uh, of what uh, the difference between a taser and a stun gun is, um, uh, qu- quite simply, uh, a stun gun is one that you have to make contact with a person, so the the it's got the like like the positive and negative end that stick out of it. And you have to actually touch the person. Uh, if you do it in the air, it makes that little cool crackling noise, you know? Um, but a, a taser is one that's designed to shoot those two little protrusions, those projectiles, those electrodes, uh, you know, up to, you know, 20 feet away and into the, into the person that you're trying to put some, uh, resistance into. You're trying to end their resistance. Um, now it can also be used as a stun gun, a much more powerful one. But for the most part, they're they're you know tasers. You know they 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 shoot the uh, the protrusions out. Now, um, it uh, Earl. So so what uh, what what gets me with this is they're a shall issue state, so they can have um they they can have this uh, you know regular kind of firearms, uh, but they can't have. Uh, they, they couldn't have these stun guns and tasers. Earl, there's, Rhode Island is, is stuck right between a couple of states with assault weapon bans. They don't have an assault weapon ban. You can own regular ARs in, in Rhode Island, yet you couldn't own a stun gun or a taser. How much sense does that make?
3: It doesn't make sense to me at all. I was thinking, simply put, a stun gun is a variation of a cattle prod, yes. and a taser has the flying darts. Uh, both of them are considered non-lethal. Where they have no problem with open carrying, concealed carrying, a firearm, which simply put, it is, it is and is considered a lethal tool, but yet they have a restriction on a non-lethal tool? Yeah, that that doesn't make any sense to me.
1: Yeah, this is definitely a head scratcher. Uh, anyway, the the district court judge up there ruled in favor of two people who filed a lawsuit against the state back in 2019. So, you nothing like uh, you know three years of bouncing around in the judicial system. Uh, Rhode Island residents claimed they wanted to purchase stun guns for self defense, uh, but the state law prohibits them from doing so. The judge said the state's ban on stun gun violates the Second Amendment, which allows Americans the right to bear arms. Now, Earl. Um I did not think that the judge would write it up that way. Listen, I, I, I think that if you're allowed to carry a firearm, you there should be able to carry a lesser uh effective device, right? So listen, if you're allowed to carry a gun, you should be allowed to carry a knife. If you can carry a knife, you should be allowed to carry a taser. If you can carry a taser, you can carry a stun gun. If you can carry a stun gun, you know, you can have a I don't know, brass knuckles. It just seems like um, you should be able to carry whatever, de- if they say you could carry guns, I think you should be able to carry any defensive weapon legally that you're allowed to possess. You know, if you're a convicted felon, you know, step away. You know, if you've got mental health issues, step away. We're not talking about you right now. We're talking about those people that can legally carry. So I don't know how guns were legal, yet stun guns were not. That doesn't make, that doesn't make a bit of sense to me.
3: Yeah, it doesn't me either. I, I, think, I think there was probably some judge somewhere that was trying to legislate from the bench. It was like, uh, how many years ago was it, that Florida, you know, even even if you had a concealed carry permit, you can carry a firearm. Uh, a judge went down somewhere down out of Miami,
9: uh,
3: made it to where you couldn't carry a switchblade. Yeah. You couldn't carry a knife. Yeah. You
1: could carry a firearm. Yeah, so I'm not, again, I'm not sure. I guess this judge must have used that same kind of sense that um, if you can carry a firearm, the right to bear arms— then you surely must be able to carry less deadly weapons. So, uh, because, I listened, as I read the Second Amendment, which, uh, you know, says the right to bear arms shall not be infringed, I, I don't see where that says the right to bear arms and clubs, you know. I, I'm trying to think of something like as, as equivalent back then, you know, I saw, but I can't. Um, he said the blanket ban of possession of stun guns extends into the home and therefore implicates the core Second Amendment right. Also explained in his decision that a stun gun doesn't implicate the safety of the public at large in the same way that a semi-automatic weapon does because the stun gun is only effective at close range. And and listen, I'd say a taser also. You're, you're only talking, again, 15 to 20 feet that it's going to be effective. Um, the state, according to Smith, failed to provide evidence that the ban on stun guns protects the public and that the abuse of stun guns is a real problem. Oh, the abuse of stun guns. This is... Uh, this is the same thing with uh, well, if we give them the right to carry guns, there'll be blood in the streets. You know, it's going to be the Wild West out there. Yeah, uh, it's the abuse of it. Pretty much. Yeah. much, Listen, this is not a lightsaber, Earl. If you gave you or me a lightsaber, I, I, I'd say twenty-four hours. One of us is going to the hospital. i uh, not because we hurt each other, but you know, because you dropped it on your foot or yeah, something you hurt ridiculous. Yourself, yeah, trying
4: yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. 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 spinning around, you end up cutting your fingers off. Exactly right. Yeah.
1: Exactly something like those. Yeah, that. Um, Uh, He said in the absence of virtually any evidence to support the state's claims of its interests, a complete ban on stun guns cannot survive a second amendment challenge. Again, I love that he tied this to second amendment as a result of his decision. Smith said the state can no longer enforce the law as it relates to stun guns, though other weapons mentioned, including blackjacks, slingshots, metal knuckles and bludgeons are still prohibited. Okay. First off, uh, folks, if, uh, if you know what a bludgeon or a slingshot and a blackjack is, your you're, you're head's above everybody else. Metal knuckles. I think we can figure that one out. Uh, see, prior to the ruling, Rhode Island was one of two states that banned the possession of electronic weapons, such as stun guns and tasers. Now, there's only one other state. Earl, I don't know how, how far down you read this story. Do you care to read, do you, do you care to guess the state, the other state?
3: Uh, I'm going to go with either
1: California or New York. You know what? And that's where I always go to. But we forget about the dark horse in this ridiculous race, Hawaii. New Jersey.
3: Oh, 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 Hawaii. Yep, yep. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I forgot how liberal loony
1: they are. Yep. yep. It's like they're their own island out there or something, you know, uh, or or series of oh, islands. they are. <laughs> <Seriously>. <laughs> <laughs> um, but listen, how how does this... Think about this, Earl. They've now they've got like a pretty much a complete total ban. We got a couple. We got about a minute left here. Um, they got a complete total ban on firearms out there. Nobody can get. Nobody can fire. Nobody can bring in. Nobody can do that. Yet they still have an illegal firearm problem. Okay. So the, the argument's always that if we ban all guns, then nobody will have guns and everybody will be safe, right? Well, guess what?
3: Oh, if we ban them, then only criminals have them.
1: Well, but yeah, but we got an island. We could control that, right? It's not like somebody driving down the street. Nobody yeah. can drive out of Hawaii, but they come in the airlines, right? Because they're all everybody's got metal detectors and all that stuff. If they still get in there, huh? I don't know. How is that possible? How is that possible? Uh, you One know, minute. It's a. Uh, it's yeah. It. It just points out the lie. It points out the lie. Uh, I mean, the only way to get rid of all guns, and we've said this before, is to have some giant gun magnet in the sky. And even then, you're going to see a lot of guns with people hanging from them as they're going towards the sky. So. Uh, Earl, that's the first hour, folks. Thank you for sticking around here during the first hour of the program. Uh, we'll have more for you uh, coming up after the six-minute break. But until until uh, we see you next hour, please exercise your Second Amendment rights responsibly. And if you're not ready, if you're not ready. Get, get ready. ready.
3: If you are ready, stay ready. And remember, keep your head on a swivel. <laughs>
0: It's Arms Room Radio, live from the Mag Swag Studios. Concealed carry, gun safety, the law, the latest gear, and more. You'll get it all right here. Connect with the guys at armsroomradio.com. And now, live from the magswag.com studios, coast to coast and around the world, it's Arms Room Radio. Now, here's Mike.
1: All right, all right. Here we go. Hour two. Welcome back to Arms Room Radio coming to you live from Location Bravo. We promise to bring you all things gun, all the gun time. My name is Mike. I do not do the program by myself, though. Let me go around the state real quick. Introduce you to my fellow compatriots. On my right is the right-hand man, the great-great-great-great-great-great-grandson of Daniel Boone. Please welcome him back. His name is earl.
3: Oh, good to be back. Good to be back. Still coming to you live from the Mobile Maxi
1: Studio, Location Echo. Location Echo, the Mobile Maxis. Uh, How how was your break, sir? Did you you enjoy it? Did you you get some mileage in?
3: Oh, yes. Actually, uh, quite honestly, I am at my terminal, and I was able to unload, drop drop both trailers, and everybody
1: didn't have to listen to all that going on. There you go. Well, we'll be all right. We can... uh, we could do without <laughs> you know where <laughs> we could do with it doesn't matter uh, hey, wh- hey wh- what hey we what what were you hauling today do you know
3: no the trailers are sealed i don't know what the contents oh are oh my
1: god a trailer full of me- seals oh that's that's a that's horrible yeah.
3: <laughs> the only hmm. thing they tell me is whether or not i have hazardous materials on
1: there that's a, or or to feed it but don't give it water after midnight you know that, that kind of right <laughs> <That's>, exactly <laughs> oh boy um all right, well let's see. Uh, let's see while well, well, you're getting there and you're packing up. I got. Uh, I tell the folks about uh, uh, some some Disney nonsense. I'm gonna give you a little Disney, little Disney World, little Disney World nonsense that's gone on. Um, and, and listen, I, I know they're uh, they are in our in our backyard. Heck, they're in our front yard um, here in Central Florida. But uh, I, I don't know how much of this gets out. And every time, like I've said this before, we get a, a, a local story or a Florida story. Uh, you know, I'm always. Uh, concerned if our if the good folks in uh, the pnw are, are, are listening or uh you know upstate new york or uh or along the border in texas if it matters to them and i decided uh uh yeah i think it does it's disney world you know it's it's international name uh so people people should know what's going on with them um uh, but last week in florida uh the, the, it was called it was it's commonly called the uh uh the Don't Say Gay Bill is what uh, what it was titled by uh, the media and the reporters out there. Uh, and this was, was basically about not teaching um, gender dysphoria to people in grades K through 3. I, I, think, that's, I think that was what it was titled, uh, uh, Earl. And I'm not trying to – listen, if dysphoria is the wrong word for it, I'm not trying to be uh, disrespectful towards it. I just – I don't remember what it's called at the moment. Anyway – they uh, the, it was this this passed uh, pretty much uh, along party lines uh, and uh, bec- uh, the governor signed it pretty quick in fact you may have had the opportunity to see uh, Governor DeSantis by the way we call him captain Florida that's that's who he is uh, when when one of the reporters got up there and asked uh, Captain Florida about the the don't say gay bill he just cut him off shut him down uh, what's the name of the bill? What's the name of the bill well, that's not the name of the bill. Did you see anywhere? Does it say that in there? Does it say that anywhere in there? Oh, you haven't read it. Oh, okay. Thank you. Um, and, and so it's it's basically trying to keep that uh, uh, out of the schools, keep that from making the schools' responsibility. If the parent wants to, before that, the parent can always do that before that. But the governor said, not in our schools. Well, Disney World. Who uh, and for those that again maybe don't know this around the country, Disney World has a pretty a uh, decent size. Uh, LGBT community that works there. Um, I, I listen. I don't know what the draw is. Don't know where it came from. It was like that uh, when I worked there. It's it's like that now, and it's a it's a great community. And there's nothing. And I don't mean that to be uh, uh, harsh or, or or disrespectful in any way uh, to the LGBT community there. However, um, it seems like some of the Disney management union folks feels like that gives them the power to object to more things, and and they objected to this bill. Uh, And they objected all the way up to the CEO of Disney. And he told the governor and had a big press conference after it and said, um, we are no longer going to be making campaign contributions to uh, Florida, Florida uh, legislators. Well, listen, uh, because you never get to see the follow up stories, right? Here's the follow up story, folks. Disney does it all the time. Uh, Disney gives money to both sides. They play both sides of the house, just like uh, like any giant corporation does that wants something from a politician. Um, uh, you know, it happens every 30 or 90 days, then they, they turn that money back on. Uh, they get money. Uh, they give uh, Disney World, um, it, you know, gives money to, to the politicians so they can you know, go in an office and get them uh, better roadways and tax rates or whatever the heck it is. Well, the governor told them, um, well, listen, it, it's it's... It's funny to see Disney's woke after the vote. Uh, it maybe if they were worried about it before the vote, they could have given somebody a call. You know, it's so like called them out on it. Well, it, it, Disney's on a, on a roll uh, uh, this week, Earl. They've, uh, uh, they've, they've also decided... Um, <laughs> oh, boy, let me pull this one up for you. Uh, they've, they've got... Uh, here it is. Let me get the title of it, Rick. Right. I want to make sure I give you the title right. Um, they had a drill team perform there this past week. Uh, you know the 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 kids come in from the high schools and they do the uh you know the whether it's the band performance or the drill performance or the marching band performance um the and uh it was a a group out of Texas uh, from the uh Port Neches Groves High School well they showed up earl and and they had uh, i i guess i could call it native american style Uh, attachments to their cheer outfits. Like they had a little fringe on the bottom and then along the, uh, uh, you know, from shoulder to shoulder and looping down. So it had like that Native American style fringe that you used to see. And uh, they had a couple of uh, tomahawk chops they did during their dance. And oh my God, Earl, you would think that the world was coming to an end because Disney allowed this regretful and offensive uh, by the way, the name of the, the name of the squad—they're the Indianettes, okay. Just you know to show you—they're the Indianettes, You know, uh, they weren't the the drunken red faces or anything offensive like that. They're the Indianettes. Um And Disney just won. Disney lost it. Disney. Oh my God, we can't do that. Earl, I remember going to Disney as a younger youth, um, and you know what they used to sell there? They used to sell the tomahawks. They used to sell the Indian dress. They used to sell the rifles. Uh, but you can't get any of that now, there, because all of a sudden our history is offensive. And that's a load of yeah. crap. And if you got money and you're thinking about spending it with Disney, I would recommend you take your money elsewhere. Because if, as long as Disney's going to be this woke, high and mighty kind of place, I, I don't have any use for them. You, Earl?
3: One no, more. especially when, when they want to continue their relationship. With China in their movie industry, and China is in the process of all kinds of uh, borderline genocide. They're what the was it the, the uh, Uyghurs?
4: Yes, they're imprisoning
3: them. Oh, and if by the way, if, if someone in prison has a genetic match for someone needing an organ transplant, guess what? That prisoner loses their organ, whether it's fatal or not.
1: Hey, that'll rehabilitate you, won't it, um, folks? You're listening to Arms Room Radio coming to you live from location Bravo. Stick around; we'll be back after the break.
6: The Keltec PMR30.
9: 425-454-7012.
4: That's
0: 425-454-7012. You're listening to Arms Room Radio, live from the Mag Swag Studios. If you want to talk to the guys, go to armsroomradio.com and find out how. And now, live from the MagFlag.com studios, coast to coast and around the world, it's Arms Room Radio.
1: Hey, welcome back to Arms Room Radio. Uh, we are coming to you live as we always do. Earl, how are you doing today? How's things out at, uh, there at uh, Location uh, Echo?
3: Doing well, doing well. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of our uh, illustrious leader right this minute. I'm pumping... Uh Five dollar a gallon diesel fuel in my truck.
1: Oh, I saw your post the other day. What was that? Uh, remember the totals on that?
3: Uh, it was two hundred and twenty-seven gallons, and it was like a thousand dollars and 90, you know, one thousand ninety six dollars, I believe it was.
1: That uh, keep, keep uh, that's that in brutal. mind,
3: folks. When when prices go up on everything, you know, it, simply put, if you bought it, a truck brought it.
1: Oh, that's very good. That's very good. I did not even think about that. that's that it's that's a good little uh, a good little, you know, rotation here the way that the way that works out. Yeah, yeah. Um all right, all right. Let's see uh let's uh, let's we got to get to some Florida news here. Let me see if I can find this story for Florida. I believe it's going to be uh, this one right here. Um Florida Earl uh was uh no, that's not it. Um was looking to get uh on the constitutional carry bandwagon. This this past nice. week, goddamn time. Yeah, well, you know, guess what? Guess what happened? Um, now what? Now the same that happens every year in Florida. Now the third time um, we had uh, uh, a bill put forth by uh, Representative Sabatini. Uh, he's been on the program here with us. He's a, a great guy, uh, army officer, attorney, uh, uh, just a, just a, just a true uh, conservative and a, and a great and a good American. Let's say that um, he. Uh, he put forth the bill, and um, it did not make it through. Third year in a row now, Costas Kerry died under Florida's Republican supermajority control of the state's uh, legislature. Legislature, uh, sadly, uh, you know the the you know, Earl. Should we get we might have to get rid of the gunshine state nickname, where we've become the uh, uh, the the coward state, the rhino state, as I think is what we are now. Rhino folks being. Um, Rhino in name only. Um, Here's here's what's gone on, and I want to give this to you again. Um, First off, um, Earl, that the when when asked when when other senators have been asked now about why this bill didn't pass, they said, um, "Oh well, um, a Sabatini uh, did not get the uh, uh, the the joint." Cooperation from the people in the Senate. There was no com- there was no companion bill to go with it, um, so he's got to write for both houses now, write bills for both houses of of the state legislature. I don't believe that's how it works. Um, here's how it works, and this is this is the 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 core of it here in Florida, is that um, South Florida, you know, Dade County, Broward County, uh, Palm Beach County, they like to operate like they're. Not part of the state of Florida. They're, the, they're South Florida. They do what they want. Uh, I, I've told you folks this before. I've sat in meetings, it's been a couple of years, uh, up in the capital and when they, people from Miami are asked questions, they say, well, we're Miami. We're going to do what we want. We're, we're bigger than you. We're not going to listen to Tallahassee, your state capital. Um, and, and they try to. Uh, and they usually got to get spanked by the governor or somebody else. Um, well, that's what happens here. You get the legislators down there. Uh, and it's still predominantly Hispanic in, uh, in Dade County. Um, Broward County is just very liberal. It's the, it's the, the liberal headquarters. Um, it is the home to Deborah Wasserman Schultz who was or is or whatever her status is with the Democrat Party. Uh, Hillary Clinton's uh, campaign headquarters is down in Broward County. Um, it was down in Broward County. So you get that kind of idea. Um, and Dade County with the, with the Hispanic population there's, there's three tiers, let me give you this, three tiers of voter down there in the Hispanic population. One is the older voter, uh, I would say, you know, in that retirement age now, or all those that came over from Cuba, uh, fled uh, Castro's regime, uh, and and they were staunch Republicans because, in, in their words, Castro left them on the beach. Excuse me, Kennedy left them on the beach at the Bay of Pigs when there was the opportunity to take back Cuba. So they've, they've been... Uh, very strong Republicans since then. The second generation Cubans, the ones that were born here, uh, are probably, I don't know, in that 30, 40 year age category, maybe a little bit older. Those ones, uh, blue, Democrats, grew up down there as the children of immigrants uh, and took advantage of every, uh, you know, social welfare program that existed. All right. Uh, Grew up up down there, uh, used to the government's handout giving to them. Made them, made them all nice and blue. The third is the younger group now, Those, the, that 21 and under, that 25 and under. Um, they're coming back around, Earl. They see what's going on down in Central America. They see what's going on in Venezuela. Um, so kind of, you know, back to being a pro-gun, maybe 50-50. So you've got an elderly group that's fading away that's very, very right, very Republican. The younger group, the middle group, very blue. And now you've got the third group following on. That's kind of a mix. So that's kind of where they fall with Second Amendment and their political leanings. Those people that want to run down there for office, those politicians that want to run for office down there. um, Before they take, and and it's very weird, before they come on and and as a, uh, you know, before they want to be the mayor of Dade County or the mayor of Miami Beach, First thing they do is get a, they get a statewide office. They become a legislator, a representative from down there. And then they come uh, up here to the state, you know, upstate, upstate, we call it, right? And then right. they get that name recognition, statewide name recognition. Then when they're done here, they go back to South Florida and get the job they really wanted. Uh, so they, they don't, they feel comfortable enough for when they leave down there and they go to North State, upstate, that they don't have to play the Second Amendment games even as, even as a Republican. Because down there, firearms are still, even though we, they're all, you've got a majority of Republicans in one county, not so much in the other, guns is not a, prior, a priority issue for, for the Republicans down south. Freedom is. Because remember, they were, they were literally left an island as the communists were taking over. All right? So uh, it, it's, it, it's, it's a weird dynamic. Now, add to that... That Bloomberg and all his staff know this, right? So those people that are running for office right. down there are fed by Bloomberg, and and they've been caught. Earl, how many times they've been caught? Republicans from South Florida have been caught taking Bloomberg money, and they say, "Well, what do you want me to do? My constituents don't have an opinion, or they they don't they don't not worried about the Second Amendment, or they they want more control." Uh, you know, I don't know even how you combat that. You know, you got so you got Republicans that can be seen as anti-gun or or gun neutral, uh. So they get in power, and then they're up at the state legislator, legislature, and the bill comes forth, and it never even makes it out of committee. It doesn't even get to the floor in Florida. It it doesn't make it out at all. How can we vote? How can the rest of the legislature vote on passing this if it never even makes it out of committee? Uh, it's a it's a horrible situation to be with, be in. It's as, as if there's two separate Floridas. You know, there's Florida, and then there's Dade Broward and Palm Beach County. Uh, you know, Miami, Fort Lauderdale, and and West Palm Beach. Uh, and it's uh, it's tough. We don't have a recall election system in Florida. We can't we can't take them back. And inevitably, what happens, Earl, is once these people have been discovered as rhinos up here, they don't get their statewide jobs back. Well, guess what? They go down to their local jobs, and nobody up here cares. So it's it's a weird spot to be in. And I'm not sure any other state. Uh, except maybe a Texas has had to deal with this. Uh, but we see that even that roll back and bite. We've seen border towns, you know, completely turn around from blue to to blue to red recently. So so Florida Earl in short, I know I babbled for uh, for most of a segment here, is out of the constitutional carries uh race this term. Now, Earl, there's one good there's Again. yeah, there's one good there's one good thing here. Remember what happened with the COVID when the legislature couldn't decide or did not to decide the way the governor wanted them to go. He said, "Okay, special session, get your butts back up there." Now the governor can remove the chair or the party chair there, or uh, the you know out of the committee chair, and just rotate somebody else through. So I think this I'm governor, there. governor governor DeSantis, Captain Florida could call a special session and say, here's some Second Amendment issues, what are we doing? And if they say, well, we're not pulling out a committee, he goes, well, lucky for us, you're not the committee chair anymore. Uh, Because if we don't start buying back some Second Amendment rights and Governor DeSantis is the governor, he's going to lose points. And he doesn't want to be losing points right now. So there's a chance, Earl. There's a chance. There's an outside chance. We'll see what happens, you know. We'll see what happens. Uh, We can hope. Yeah, exactly right. You're listening to Arms Room Radio coming to you live from Location Bravo. We'll be back after the break.
10: coffee, snacks, and comfy chairs. There's an internet connection, a putting green, frisbees, and footballs. There are DVDs, books, games, and guitars. There are toothbrushes, shaving cream, body wipes, and shampoo. This is today's USO. It's the USO to go program, with all of the above and more selected and ordered directly by the troops themselves, packaged, and shipped anywhere in the world. Today, it's just one of the ways the USO supports our troops, lifts their spirits, and serves as the link between them and the American people, people just like you. To donate and to find out more about the USO, visit us at USO.org. The USO, until everyone comes home.
6: We all play a role in keeping our community safe.
8: Every day, we move in and out of each other's busy lives. It's easy to take for granted all the little moments that make up our every day.
6: Some are good, others not so much.
8: But that's life.
6: It's when something doesn't seem quite right that it's time to pay attention.
11: Because only you know what's not supposed to be
8: in your every day.
5: So protect your every day.
8: If you see something suspicious, say something to local authorities.
5: Young men just don't seem to listen to the radio anymore. They're too busy with their earpods and TV games. It's iPods and video games? Whatever. Point is, young men are probably not listening to me right now, but they will listen to you. So I need you to remind them to register with Selective Service when they turn 18. It's an easy way to keep the door open to important benefits, like college loans and government jobs. And it's the law. So please, feel free to remind them to go to sss.gov or any...
8: One minute. One
5: minute. Want to reduce your risk of heart disease, diabetes, and stroke?
11: Simple. Eat right. This is Registered Dietitian Nutritionist, Melissa Dobbins. A healthy diet can mean a healthier you. So eat a variety of proteins each week. Seafood, lean meat, poultry, beans, and nuts. Fill half your plate with fruits and vegetables at every meal. Choose foods that are lower in calories, fat, and sodium. Limit your alcohol and maintain a healthy weight. Let a Registered Dietitian Nutritionist help you achieve your goals. Find one near you at eatright.org. Did you know that 63% of homes contain allergens from cockroaches? and that mice spread potent asthma triggers found in 82% of homes. It's true. Common household pests are major offenders on the list of indoor allergens. Learn what you can do to help your family breathe easier. Visit PestWorld.org. A public service message from the National Pest Management Association and the Asthma and Allergy Foundation of America.
0: You're listening to Arms Room Radio, live from the MagFwag Studios. If you want to talk to the guys, go to armsroomradio.com and find out how. And now, live from the magfwag.com studios, coast to coast and around the world, it's Arms Room Radio. Now, here's Earl.
3: The Fallen Hero segment of Arms Room Radio is proudly brought to you by MaxLawOrlando.com.
1: Army Staff Sergeant Jamie D. Jarbo died March 21st, 2012, serving during Operation Enduring Freedom. Jarbo, 27, of Frankfort, Indiana, was assigned to the Pale Riders of the 4th Squadron, 4th Cav Regiment, 1st Heavy Brigade Combat Team, 1st Infantry Division, Fort Riley, Kansas. Jarbo died March 21st in Topeka, Topeka, Kansas, from wounds suffered on April 10, 2011, in the Kandahar province of Afghanistan, when enemy forces attacked his unit with small arms fire. He deployed to Afghanistan in February of 2011 and was shot April 10th while on foot patrol in the Zari district. The bullet from a sniper's AK-47 rifle penetrated his spine and left him paralyzed from the chest down. In the following 10 months, he underwent more than 100 operations, first at Walter Reed Medical Center in Washington, D.C., than at John Hopkins Hospital in Baltimore. He died at home in Topeka, less than five weeks after a crowd of airport well-wishers saluted his return to the city and his wife and family. Army Staff Sergeant Jamie D. Jarboe, you are not forgotten.
7: If you or a family member or a friend
3: have any legal issues whatsoever, feel free to give me a call at 407 480-2179 480 or on my cell at 407-467-4960 and I will do everything I can to see if you can get the answers you need for your friends or family or yourself to whatever your legal issue is.
1: Thank you, Kevin. Uh, folks, uh, Kevin, one of the founders of this program, just uh, a guy that's too busy to sit with us every day. Uh, we'll get him back here at some point, but if you need a good attorney, you're looking for a gun attorney, you're looking for a, you're looking for a criminal attorney, you just give him a call. You go to MaxLawOrlando.com. Doesn't matter where you are. If you've got a gun question anywhere in the country, you give him a call. He'll help you out if he can. Um, hey, uh, normally on the line with us right now would be the chief law enforcement officer of the program. And we know if we don't play his music, I'll get bad, ugly emails. So here you go. Here's the intro music for Major Bill.
0: Sound control to Major Bill.
1: There we go. High quality stuff right there, Earl. High quality stuff. It's only the best for those uh for our, for our regular guests here on the program. Nothing but the best. Nothing, Nothing but, but the best. Um, uh, before we get into a story, and I've got a story for him. We're gonna talk about some uh, some of the NYPD and what's going on up there. Um, uh, I, I I talked to the major earlier today, and he said uh, he was unable gonna to be on the program because he had a wedding this afternoon. And and Earl, Earl Earl, I said again. I said your fifth one, your fifth wedding. Uh, just like you just said the again, and I said the fifth wedding, and and he said, you know that would be funny, but you're like the ninth person that said that to me today. <laughs> <And> so <laughs> everybody knows that Bill is the Marion, man. You know that's 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 who he is. So and listen. Folks, I'm not going to tell stories uh, while he's not here, except he's not here, so I'm going to tell stories. Um, but like his last two weddings, he, he, he didn't tell anybody. He just he just came out, and he's like, oh, hey, by the way, we're married now. And you're like, okay. I mean, listen, he has been married so many times, he don't even like doing it in public anymore. So uh, let's see. Let's see what we got here. Let's see what we got here. Let's head to New York, uh, as he would say. We'll get on the old uh, the Google Earth, uh, and we're heading up there. Um Earl, the uh, the new mayor up there, Mayor Adams, Eric Adams. You can remember he was an NYPD police captain, okay? So right, he's he's commonly seen as a a tough on crime Democrat. Um, now you got to remember, up in the Northeast, um, you you get some Democrats up there that are uh, you know they're they're woof, they're they're rough, but uh, then we get like down here in, in in the South where you get them Southern Democrats. Um, well, he's a he's a law enforcement Democrat, so it's you know it's not saying they're the same, but a lot of the same principles. And I think that that he's a Democrat because his parents were probably Democrats and everybody else probably Democrats. Because every time you know he talks, for the most part, we see a lot of uh, wait, what party is he? You know, what party is he? Is is, is what comes out of your mouth? Um, uh, one thing else is that um, they have a new police uh, commissioner there. Um, I guess they replaced uh, Tom Selleck um and um, they uh, <laughs> um, they. Blue Bloods is just
3: a
4: TV show, Mike. It's not real.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and I guess Magnum PI wasn't real either, right? Um, let's it's see. Right, they... yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just. A... really, are you, you're coming in. You're, I can barely hear you anymore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so, but, but, to, uh, he listen. I guess that's where he came from. So, um, he's got a he's got a big hand in how he wants the NYPD run. Well, uh, the NYPD has a requirement. Now, first off, it's 35,000, 36,000 officers. It's, it's by, by far the largest uh, law enforcement uh, agency in the United States, probably in the world. Um, well, I guess there's some countries that have just one police force per country, so that might skew the numbers, but largest city or metropolitan police force in the world. Um, he, uh, he has, he has, he has uh, proposed... Because they're short officers, Earl, he has proposed reducing the recruiting requirements, which is never a good thing. And I I just want to point out years of experience between you and I, Earl, and probably half of everybody listening and the other half that are kind of paying attention. Um, Earl, um, what's the requirements to become a a big rig driver?
3: Uh, Minimum 21 years of age. Uh that's, that's just to get the license by the state, and then each different company is going to have their own individual requirements. A lot of them want uh, minimum experience, you know, minimum years of service experience before they'll even consider hiring you.
1: Exactly right. So, so you'll have the minimum standards set forth by the state, which the state of New York has, for law enforcement, uh, you know, officers, and then the city has their own set of requirements beyond that. And 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 in the city of New York, it's 60 college credit hours, which is about equivalent to associate's degree or, or two years. All right. Um, well, Earl, let's let's imagine that for 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 your job. Uh, if all of a sudden the state says, "Listen, we're kind of short," and the company you're working for says. Hey, we're kind of short also, so what we're going to do is we're going to drop it to 19 and uh, we're not going to have an hours requirement. We just want the CDL. How successful and safe do you think that policy would be?
3: Ooh, not very. Not very at all. In fact, I've, I have heard rumors that uh, I think maybe DOT, you know, the federal government, was possibly pr- uh, proposing reducing it down to age 18.
1: I do recall that. And it seems like and again i don't get this mentality this this does stem back to a uh, uh the democrat party mindset of uh, listen we're shorthanded let's reduce the uh, the the minimum requirements to do this um let let's uh, listen let's go to the aviation community all right um to fly a jet to big fly a big old jet airplane you got to have uh, basically before you can get on with the big boys 1500 hours pushing the big boys and, and remember you only get maybe if you're working full time in the airline industry two to three hundred hours a year because you can't fly like you do earl uh you know eight hours a day there's minimum requirements you got to have rest in between so a, a heavy duty pilot might get three four hundred a year so you're talking about five years experience you know you know seven eight years experience uh, and then they have to have, which is about the equivalent, I'd call it, a, you know, a, a commercial license. In, in airplanes, you get a commercial license, but then you also get an airline transport pilot, which is the one you've got to wait till you've got about 1,500 hours on. Well, what if they dropped that all back to the basic commercial license, which you can get at 200 hours? Tell me, Earl, would you want to know that when you and I fly out to Vegas or to the NRA show, wherever it is, that um, we used to have pilots with two, 3,000 hours flying these planes, but now we got them with 200 hours? 200 hours total from the first time stepped into an airplane until now. Does that sound like a safe bet for you, Earl?
3: No, it sounds like uh, you, you scoot over. I'll take the primary seat. You just watch me.
1: Yes. Yeah. This sounds like disaster waiting to happen. This sounds like uh, um, disaster waiting to happen in New York City. They're going to take people that. Uh, listen, I'm going to guess there's there's probably you know 19 year olds and 20 year olds that have uh, have 60. Uh, hours of college credits um but you got to be 21 there so 21 two years of college um or equivalent listen you could have got that in the military you could have got that in trade school i'm not saying you got to go sit in a regular college you could have been anything you as long as it's the equivalent of 60 college credits then you can apply all right and then you go through their year-long academy reducing the requirements is never the best option um i Years in the military. You know what? We'll continue this next segment for a minute or two. We'll get you there. You're listening to Arms Room Radio coming to you live from Location Bravo. We'll be back after the break.
0: You're listening to Arms Room Radio, live from the Magswag Studios. Got a question or a story to tell? Check them out at ArmsRoomRadio.com. Now, coast to coast and around the world from the Magswag.com studios, it's Arms Room Radio.
1: Hey, welcome back to Arms Room Radio, coming to you live from Location Bravo. Here we are, Earl, last segment just sneaks up on us already man. sneaks, sneaks up on us um we uh, we were talking last segment about uh, the nypd and mayor eric adams there has uh decided that they're looking to reduce the education requirements minimum requirements to get on with the uh, nypd and why we think that's such a such a bad thing um i, I just want to cover that for another minute or two and then we'll we'll jump back into another topic here to end the program with you um I saw it in the military. Um, I saw it for uh, for years there when um, things started to get hairy over in Afghanistan Afgan- and uh, Iraq. And they needed, uh, they wanted more soldiers. They wanted more surge. Um, well, what they wanted to do was get junior soldiers in rather than send the people that were sitting home on their butts. Yeah, you heard me. Some calling out some of my fellow soldiers. Um, but uh, they reduced the requirements, those that uh, normally had, uh, you know, criminal histories or drug histories or uh, tattoos on their face kind of nonsense. They let them in to come over and serve two years, four years over in the war. Um, and that was great, uh, you know, except, uh, you know, the, the, the discipline problem that became from that was, uh, was, was still being felt in the Army today. Um, same thing we saw in law enforcement back in the '80s and '90s in the Miami area when they had a shortage after uh, people came over from uh, the Mariel Boatlift down in Cuba down there, and then they—I mean—doubled the population in you know a, a year in Miami. They started to reduce the requirements down there, and guess what we saw? We saw a lot of cops get arrested. We had the uh, uh, the the Miami River cops, the Cowboy Cocaine Cowboy cops, if you recall those, and they were all to the man. People that had the standard reduced on them in order to be uh, to to make it into the force down there. So I, I don't like it. You know what, Earl? If you want if you want more cops, you know what you do. Um, you don't lower the standards. Uh, you you raise the salary and the benefits package. Uh, that's how you do it.
3: Yep. Got to make got to make got to make yourself more attractive.
1: Exactly right. Exactly right. You know, um, you can't take the cheap way out. You can't take the easy way out here. You'll feel repercussions of that for years to come. Years to come. It's just. Uh, it's, it's absolutely not worth it uh, to, to, to do that. Um, uh, let's see. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's take a look here. We've uh, we got a couple of stories here. Um, a, a, there's a ghost gun story. I just want to touch on this one real quick. At, at a Newsweek this year. Um, Newsweek this week, I'm sorry. Uh, federal raid on ghost gun operation shows dangers of untraceable firearms. Now, that sounds horrible, doesn't it, All Federal raid... On ghost gun operation shows danger of untraceable firearms. First off, a ghost gun operation, that sounds like um, somebody's rented a warehouse and we got people around the clock building ghost guns and then selling them out the back door uh, without background checks. So, do, do, when you hear federal raid on ghost gun operation shows danger of untraceable firearms, do you have any other vision in your head besides that, Earl, or you got something different?
3: No, that's pretty much what I envisioned as well, you know, exactly the way they wanted you to.
1: Uh federal prosecutors indicted an Oregon man for allegedly running the state's largest ghost gun manufacturing workshop. Um a case authority say highlights how the homemade firearms can fuel crime. Not that they did fuel crime. Federal grand jury on Thursday indicted uh, the guy on charges. He allegedly provided fentanyl-laced counterfeit oxycodone pills to people with substance abuse disorders in exchange for making illegal straw purchases of firearms. Earl, did you hear anything in there about ghost guns? No.
3: <laughs> Not the stereotypical terminology that they want to label on ghost guns.
1: Let me, let, me, let me hit this again for you, folks. Federal raid on ghost gun operation shows dangers of untraceable firearms. Okay, that sounds like something I want to see. What's the story? A man was charged with providing fentanyl-laced counterfeit oxycodone pills to people with substance abuse disorders in exchange for making illegal straw purchases of firearms. So we have a felon committing felonies, making more felonies, and getting other people to do felonies for him, and yet we still haven't gotten to anything about ghost guns. Uh, uh, The charges stem from a raid uh, at his house where ATF agents and local police found dozens of homemade firearm components 3 drill presses and other manufacturing equipment I, Earl I still don't see anything about a ghost gun I I I, I you know this is No Folks so we're going here we're going Earl, f- Earl and I are going to give you Earl and I are going to give you 5 minutes on ghost guns cuz it doesn't have anything to do with the title of the story uh, I said earlier today Earl um, I'm not sure if a ghost gun is a gun that's already passed on and is dead and is now a ghost, or is a ghost gun that a ghost uses when it goes after another ghost for like ghost on ghost crime? Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure what the, what a ghost gun is. Maybe because it says untraceable, uh, untraceable. Or also, I guess it's in. If it's untraceable, then maybe it's the first one, and it's passed on and it's a ghost because it's invisible and I I can't see it now because. Surely, maybe, yeah, That's surely, logical. yeah, surely, I mean, untraceable would mean to me that, I don't know, it doesn't have any rifling in the barrel, so when I shoot it, there's no rifling pattern, maybe it means that, that there's no firing pin, so that when the firing pin hits the primer, it leaves no impression, that can't be, by the way, folks, each one of those is its own individual style fingerprint, that uh, uh, crime scenes investigators can present to you, um, or maybe it's made of super Teflon invisible material, that way, it doesn't retain fingerprints, and it's untraceable that way. I don't ah, okay. I don't know. I don't know. Um, maybe the magazine and the rounds inside it are also all the same. Um, the, the The bullets can't be traced because they've never had a human hand touch them. Only ghosts have touched them, so there's no fingerprints on anything. I, I, it's just it's such a misleading article that it just shows that, to use a good southern term. Newsweek is in cahoots with the rest of the administration and trying to poison your brain and make you think ghost guns are even anything of a problem. The majority of what law enforcement has encountered with ghost guns, Earl, is what they always encountered. Bad guy gets gun, files the serial number off. That way when you do catch him and charge him, he can't be charged with theft of a firearm because they can't find the owner. By the way, 99% of the time, forensics knows how to get the serial number off that firearm um there's it's just like trying to take the vin off a car guess what folks it's more than one spot on there uh and you may not know about where it is um and you know so that that's normally what they're going through these ghost guns are once again Earl been allowed in this country since well it I'll say 1776 because uh uh, it was, it, you know, it was part of this country was allowed to do it. I'll even say it was in the Articles of Confederation. It wasn't illegal there. And it wasn't illegal when the the Constitution was ratified in 1787. Um, so I don't know where all of a sudden everybody wants you to believe that it's illegal for you to make your own firearm. Now, well, you got to have yourself a, a huge set of skills, right? If you're going to go chisel a firearm out of a, you know, a block of aluminum, right? Well, guess what? Modern technology being what it is, um, I could print the frame of one of these things on a 3D printer you get for 100 bucks these days. Now, you still have right. to add the barrel and the slide and that kind of metal to it. But, uh, you know, I, I, I don't get it. Do we, do we stop people from all forward progress uh, of, of innovation? Because, uh, you know, well, if the government doesn't have visibility on it, then it must be illegal. They have to be able to do it.
3: That sounds like, uh, you know, the, it goes counterintuitive counter to uh, right to bear arms shall not be infringed. It uh, doesn't specify only arms made by a, uh, a worldwide known manufacturer.
1: Yeah, isn't that weird? Isn't that weird? And listen, and, and again, uh, all belief in the world, Earl, one, they want their money. they got to have their taste. You know what I'm saying? Uh, They got to have the taxes. They got to have the fees. They got to have the uh, excise tax. They got to have all that. And two, probably more importantly, Earl, is they want the number of that firearm. They want that serial number. So when it's time, because they want it in a 4473, they want want it on the precursors to registration and confiscation. That's what they want. They want control over you. They don't want you to be armed for when they turn tyrannical. You don't think it's happening, folks? Look around the country. Red flag laws everywhere. People losing their guns every day. Every day. One elephant bite at a time is what it's doing. Uh, Earl, that's it for the program. Uh, Folks, uh, thank you for joining us today. Uh, It's been a great time with you. Thank us to Chad, uh, who joined us earlier in the program. Uh, Folks, until next week, please exercise your Second Amendment rights responsibly. And if you're not ready, get ready.
12: And if
3: you are ready, stay ready. And remember, keep your head on a swivel.